Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. It is good to be in the Lord's house today. I read this this past week. It said, He came to pay a debt we did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. And that's what that song was about is His life is for ours because we could do nothing to get to Him. And so in, in praying this week and studying, when Harold asked me last week if I would preach because he didn't know where his eye would be at, um, I was talking to my wife a little bit and I said, you know, I really want to preach on submission. Men always get the hard messages on Father's Day, be a good man, you know, the hard cutting message, but women always get the nice fluffy message. And I said, I would love to just preach on, and I said, but God wouldn't let me go there. I don't know if it was God wouldn't let me go there. Or if my wife wouldn't let me go there. Um, so I began praying. I began searching. And, and this verse came to my mind. We'll read it in a minute. It's going to be in 2 Timothy 1.5. Notes are in the bulletin if you want to follow along with us. Uh, but my mind came to how important moms are to us. And, and you know, without a mom, we wouldn't be here, uh, obviously. Uh, but I want to ask you three questions, and I want you to stand if these questions apply to you. You can stand and say, I just want people to visualize how important a mother's love is for people. And so, um, if your mom was the person that led you to the Lord, I want you to stand up. And so, my, my hand's going to be raised because I'm already standing. So, my mom led me to the Lord. If your mom was the person that led you to the Lord, I want you to stand up. So these are people around us that their moms are influential. Have a seat. <clears throat> if a woman impacted your spiritual life, whether it be a Sunday school teacher, whether it be someone who counseled you, whether it be anyone that was a woman in your life that impacted you spiritually, I would ask you to stand. So look around. Women are pretty impact, important to us, right? And you can have a seat. The last question, it may get you thinking a little bit. This one doesn't really apply to me because I haven't grown up here. But if the woman that impacted your life is in this room today, I would like for you to stand up. Now look around. These are people in this church that said some woman in this church impacted their spiritual life. And so if everyone would please stand at this time in 2 Timothy 5 I'm going to read one verse of scripture. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 3, a couple pages over later on. But I want you to listen to this verse. Because this verse came to my mind when I began thinking of our mothers and the title of the message, The Faith of Our Mother. 2 Timothy 1.5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dealt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for my mom. I thank you for allowing me to have a godly heritage. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us today as we look through a couple of these points in the next short amount of time, that you'll help us to uh, have a, a greater understanding of what your love is for us. We thank you, Father, for your blessings. And in your name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. As I begin thinking through, and just now sitting right there, I begin thinking about Timothy and how he was a son in the faith of Paul. And how Timothy 
had a grandmother and a mother. Now, Timothy was not that old. He was not, he was a young man at this time. And so when I began thinking just a second ago, as I was, they were singing that song, his life for mine, he paid that debt for me. I began to think of, of, of this because I knew I was preaching on this. I began to think of his grandmother, Lois. It's very likely that his grandmother, Lois was one of the disciples of Jesus. His grandmother Lois walked with Jesus, saw Jesus' miracles, and got to experience firsthand accounts of Jesus praying, of Jesus interceding, of Jesus being crucified. Because it said it started in your grandmother Lois, which means that was the first Christian in their family. And then it continued on to his mother Eunice. And his mother Eunice has a very particular story because it really helps us understand who Timothy was. His mother Eunice married a a Greek. His mother was a Jew. His father was a Greek, which would have put Timothy in the Samaritans, the hated group, the outcast. No one wanted to be around. And in Timothy's first missionary journey, as he came through, Timothy or Peter was, Paul was preaching and Timothy got saved in his first missionary journey. So his second missionary journey, he came through and he began to see Timothy and he brought him under his wing. In Philippians 2.20, it says, I have no man like-minded when he's talking about Timothy. So Timothy was a son in the faith, but this was all because of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. I even got to thinking here just a minute ago about Timothy, and and maybe he spent some extended time with his grandmother as his mother was working. And uh, he would walk into his grandma's house, and he would see grandma praying there. And he would hear grandma praying about the miracles and the things that Jesus went through. And, and Timothy saw that and he began asking questions. And just like in my life, my kids will walk in and they'll, they'll walk in on me praying and, and they'll know that I'm praying. And they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. And I'll say, no, come on in. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. And I'm sure Lois did that same thing and Eunice did that same thing. Come on in, Timothy. Let's pray together. And they begin praying for the salvation of Timothy. And he uses this term unfeigned faith. And we're going to talk about it for a minute as well. So the first thing we're going to look at is another word for unfeigned is an assured faith. In 2 Timothy 1.5, it says that, and I call to remember the unfeigned faith, this assured faith. In Acts 16.1, this is Peter, Paul, I'm sorry, Paul, who was on his second ministry journey. And he says, and he came to Derby and Lystra and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. The son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish who, and believed, and his father was Greek. And he began to have this heritage that was passed down from his mother, but because his mother had this assurance in her faith. Now, my question is today is I want you, whether you're a mother or whether you're a husband or whether you're a child, I want you to think about this and I want you to think, do you have these characteristics in your life as a faithful Christian? Because it's not just towards mothers, but specifically as it is Mother's Day, we want to look at that. But we must ask ourselves, are these our characteristics? Are we assured in our faith? The first thing we want to look at under this is our assured in the scriptures. Paul continued on in this journey in this letter in chapter 3, verse 15. And he says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which were able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask you something. Are we wise in the scriptures? 
Are we so obscured in our scripture, in our faith, in the Bible, that no matter what someone can tell us, our faith is in this word? Our faith is in this scripture this morning. Are we so enamored in this word that if we go a day without it, it's like going a day without food? You've all went a day without food, I'm sure, or skipped a couple of, of meals. Um, I haven't skipped many, as you can tell. Uh, but, but as we begin to skip a meal, our body begins to tell us, hey, you're hungry. Hey, you need some food. You need some nourishment. But yet so many times we'll go days without the scripture and our spiritual body doesn't tell us, hey, I need more scripture. I need more of God's word in my life. I need more of God's holiness in me because I need to grow spiritually. But it says, from a child thou hast known the scriptures. That's why Sunday school is so important. That's why allowing our children to be enamored in God's word all the time is so important. That falls on us as parents. It says that, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in Romans chapter 10. This is the importance under this of, of us knowing that we must have a daily time with God. And you're going to hear me say this every time I preach because it's so important for us to have a daily time with God. It's so important for us to be physically fed, spiritually fed, that impacts our hearts. The Word of God is the only thing that can soften a hardened heart. When you think of the stories of Pharaoh and how Moses came to Pharaoh and he said his heart was hardened because he turned away from God. His heart was hardened, his, and our heart will begin to be hardened if we turn away from the scriptures. And we must be assured and founded in God's word if our faith is going to be strong. The second thing we must be assured in is this, assured in the Savior. Assured in the Savior, Paul's second missionary journey, as I mentioned, he brought this fullness of knowledge of the scripture to Timothy, and he called Timothy to become a disciple of him. He said, come with me. Help me plant this church. I want you to be a pastor at a young age. I want you to, to live your life, and I want you to influence others. And he was assured in his Savior, and he saw that, and so he did it. I read this illustration this week. An African chief sent some people uh, to the British greatness, the Queen Victoria. And he asked her, he said, what is the secret of Britain's greatness? And Queen Victoria simply said, take this to your chief. And say the secret to our greatness is God's word. That's a, a, a lost, a, a queen who was just a queen of Britain said that the secret of the greatness of her country was God's word. When people come to us and say, what's the secret of why your family's successful? What's the secret of why your kids didn't turn from you? What's your, is our response that God's word and we trained them from a child? Is our response that we did everything we could to love them or, well, I'm just glad they turned out well. Queen Victoria saw this as an opportunity to witness to, a, to an African chief who never knew Jesus. And she used it as an opportunity to influence them because she was assured in her Savior, my question is, are we that assured in our Savior this morning? That when people ask us the question, why are you different than me? We say it's because God saved me. He redeemed me as a five-year-old boy. He pulled me out of that miry pit, and I didn't understand everything that I was doing. I didn't understand everything that he was going to do for me, but I knew that I needed a Savior. Is that our response? Is that how we respond when people ask us and they ask us these questions? Because we must first be assured in our faith. The second thing is this, we must have an authentic faith. We must have an authentic faith. 
So I began thinking about the authentic faith in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Listen to these verses here. It says this, But he continued thou in the things which thou hast learned um, of them, assuring of and knowing whom he hast learned from. And that from a child thou knowest the holy scriptures and are able to make wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. And I began thinking this week, who was the person that taught me to tie my shoes? Something small, something simple. Mom. All right, my son. It's a rhetorical question, but Birdie's awake over there and he's listening, even though he's looking down, which is good. Our mom teaches us how to tie our shoes. It's small. It's simple. Who do we go to for dating advice? Mom. We don't normally go to our dad. Even though we're a boy, we don't normally go to our dad. I didn't go to my dad when I began dating. I called mom and said, hey, mom, I really like this girl. She's a little weird. Her name's Allison. Um, I don't really know if, if, if the things are going to work out, but, uh, you know, what's some advice? What are some things I should do? And so she began giving me a little advice. Do this, do this. Uh, let me ask you this. Who taught you how to cook? Most of you, it's your mom. Okay. In, in my case, I, I, I cook more in our house, but who taught you how to clean the bathroom? Mom. Okay. My kids, they're paying attention. They're over here. They are on it. Okay. Our moms teach us the daily things of life. Our moms teach us how to survive in a day-to-day -day world. Our mom teaches us how to fold clothes. Our mom teaches us how to wash clothes. Our mom teaches us how to do these things that are necessary for our daily living. Now, our dads, they're there to help us with our cars and help us with other things. And, and I'm not downplaying. I'm just thinking today there was an authenticness there to moms. But in the daily things of our spiritual life, we all, almost every person in here stood up when I asked the question, has a woman been impactful in your life, in your spiritual journey? And we almost all said yes, because women are great at communicating this authentic faith. The first thing I want to look at underneath the authentic faith is a personal education. A personal education. We can learn and we can be assured of these things that we have learned. The Bible says thou hast learned. And we must understand that God's truth from parents to the children can be communicated from the Old Testament. Mom and dads, as I go through parent dedication, I talk about these things and I say how moms, we're to be, be examples as we spend time with our children. My mind went to Proverbs chapter 6 and it says, My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually on your hearts and tie them about your neck. Proverbs 7, the very next chapter says, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law is an apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the tables of your heart. Parents, we have a duty Nay, I say we have an obligation to teach and to train and to imitate for our kids how they should live. We cannot leave this up to the education system. We cannot leave this to the kids at school. We cannot leave this to the internet. We must be the people who are going to sit down and we are going to teach our children responsibility. Mothers, this is our responsibility to do this. You can do the best you can. And that's all that God's asking for you to do. But we must be determined that we are going to teach and train our children to the best that we physically and possibly can by personal education. Sitting them down and telling them about scripture. I was telling our college students this morning that last week in Sunday school, 
most of you had the same Sunday school curriculum. They went through the Ten Commandments. And as they went through the Ten Commandments, uh, Brody came home and he's telling us about the Ten Commandments. And, and he thinks I don't know them. Like, I'm not a pastor and I don't know the Bible or something. I don't know. And so we started talking through them. And he got to, I think, number eight and he, or number nine. He said, he said, Dad, this is talking about vows. This is talking about promises. This is for you and Mom. Because you made a vow and you made a promise to always love Mom. And I said, that's right, Brody. You're right. And I said, Brody, can you tell me what commandment number five says? And he thought for a second. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honor thy father and mother. <laughs> and I said, Brody, have you honored and obeyed mom and dad this week? No. I said, so you were getting on to me when I love mom and I take care of her and I love her and I promise to love her. I said, but, but you, you haven't been keeping God's commandment either. And then yesterday, I told our college students this. I said, yesterday, we're in the van, and, and we're driving to a, We did our, our Mother's Day dinner last night. Went to a sushi restaurant, and, and Brody, he's, he's reaching in mom's car in the van. He's pulling out money, and, and he's got it in his hand. And, and I said, Brody, what are you doing? I said, or, do you know what the Eighth Commandment is? So I'm, I'm constantly bringing up this education. I said, what's the Eighth Commandment? Thou shalt not steal. I said, what are you doing? I'm not stealing, Dad. I'm counting. I said, Yeah. But what are you going to do after that? I said, you're probably going to put, no, I'm not going to put it in my pocket, Dad. I said, okay. So it's constantly using illustrations from the Bible to teach our kids what is right and what is wrong. It's our responsibility. We cannot expect TikTok or Snapchat or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any other social media platform to teach our children what the Bible says is true. It is our example. The second thing I want to look at is a practical example. A practical example says, been assured of knowing whom thou hast learned them. The reality of our lives is shown and backed up by our faith. And in Timothy's life, it was taught to Timothy. The songwriter named John Newton, many of you know who he is, the most prolific songwriter of his day, could never forget his mother at whose knees he had learned to pray, but who was taken to heaven when he was only eight years old. He said this, my mother's God, the God of mercy and mercy have on me, was often his agonizing prayer when in danger or in trouble. The prayer was glorious answered not only in Newton's life, but also in his subsequent ministry as he began to write hymns that we sing today. It was an example given to him. It was an example that was practical that he could learn. He said, I sat at my mother's knees and I watched her pray and I used her prayers and I prayed them. As I thought about Eunice and Lois and how Lois walked with Jesus most likely. And she emulated what Jesus was to her grandson, Timothy. And Timothy saw that practical example. And he said, I want to be like grandma. I want to be like mom. I want to have that same faith that they have. Because it was practically shown to them. Another person that came to my mind was Susanna Wesley. Her son's name was John Wesley. And she was called the mother of Methodism because she was the mother of John Wesley who started the Methodist church. And her faith allowed John Wesley's faith to grow and start the movement of the Methodist church. Mothers, imagine you investing in a child and at the end of their life, they look back and they see the impact that you had on them. Women and men, when we make an impact, it doesn't just last for a moment. It lasts for the rest of their life. We have to look at the practical examples here. We have to look at how our life is impacting to others. 
And the last thing I want to mention is this, not only an assured faith, an authentic faith, but a faith to be admired. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul stated, when I called to remembrance, Paul thought of his encounters and his converts and the ones that he discipled and the ones that he gave his life and began to train into ministry. And as he began planting churches and putting pastors there, and he began to look over the end of his life as he's writing this letter to Timothy, he says, I began to call to remembrance your life. And I began to look at the effort that you have put into your community. And I began to look at the faith that you have. And Paul said that I admire the faith of my disciple. I admire that. I'm calling to remembrance because it's going to encourage me. When I see that, there's, there's two simple things that come to my mind. The first is an abiding faith, as it says very clearly there in our scripture. It's a call to remembrance, your unfeigned faith, an abiding faith that is in our life. Any person can gain this type of faith. Powerful faith, F.B. Meyer once said, it is not the quantity of faith, but it is the quality of faith. That is important. And he uses this illustration. He says, a grain of mustard seed and a pellet of dust are similar in appearance. They're about the same size. They look about the same. But the difference is incredible. One has the life burning at the heart of it, while the other contains nothing whatsoever. Faith has the same principle in our life. It is the faith that is within us of God that allows us to go out and to make a difference in this world. So we can either have the faith of a mustard seed that is small, but yet inside of it can bloom into one of the greatest trees ever, or we can have the faith of a grain of dust, which has absolutely nothing in it, which is useless because it can't have, it doesn't have the power of God inside of it. How is our faith going to be today? Are we going to have an abiding faith? And ultimately this last question, are we going to have an ageless faith? The Bible says an unfeigned faith that, that continues on. Seasons come and seasons go, but a mother's love is never out of date. I was reading a biography of one of our presidents, and, and I've got a president book that, that was by Billy, Billy Graham and all the presidents that he met with. But I came across this story of William McKinley back in 1897. As a lawyer and a congressman and a governor and eventually became the president, he kept in touch with his mother every day. When he didn't see her, he wrote her or telegraphed her. And in mid-October of 1897, he quickly left the White House and took a train to Canton just so he could walk to church with her again. And when she became ill, he arranged to have a special train standing by at full steam ready to take him to her bedside. Then one night she did call for him and immediately he wired, tell mother I'll be there. Miss McKinley died December 12th, 1897 in the arms of her 54 year old son who was gentle, had Christian values and was a bold president. For when he was gunned down in Buffalo, New York about four years later, he showed no bitterness towards the assassin. And with Christian courage, he stood and said, God's will be done before he died. And he asked to hear the hymn once again, nearer my God to thee, which his mother had taught him. Think about this. Think about a man who was so close to his mother that in an instant he was at his mom's house. And then when she died four years later, someone tried killing him. And his mother had instilled in him years and years later that it doesn't matter what people do to you. 
What matters is that you're going to forgive and you're going to move on. You're going to forgive and you're going to love God and you're going to be an example to God to whoever you can meet. Oh, to God that we could have a politician in our, in our nation today that stands up and says these things. But before even we have a politician, are we going to be the Christians that stand up and say these things? Too many times we pray that it starts in the White House, but when is it going to start in our house? When is it going to start where we stand up and we teach our children to do right till the stars fall? Till we stand up and we say, it doesn't matter what people do to me. It doesn't matter what the world does to me. It doesn't matter the persecution that comes to me. I'm going to serve my God. That's the faith that we're talking about here. That's the faith that Timothy had because of his mother. And Paul saw this. Paul examined this and he said, man, this faith that you have is because of your mother and your grandmother. And oh to God that we would raise up more and more young people that could say that this is the faith that they have because of the people that went before them. Now, you may be saying here, Pastor James, I'm not a mom. I'm a guy. You may be saying I'm married, but I don't have kids yet. But let me ask you this. Is this the example of your life? Are you so assured in your faith that when people look at you, they say, I know where that person has their faith. Are you having an authentic faith? Are you someone who, when the world sees you, they can see the authenticness that is in your life. And ultimately, when people see you, are they admiring what you have? Are they wanting to ask questions about what you have? Because church, that's the type of faith that God wants us to have. The faith this morning that we're talking about is not something that is supernatural. It's not something that is, that is so far out and far between us that we read these stories and we think, well, yeah, that was Timothy and, and his grandma got to see Jesus and my grandma's never saw Jesus. So, so I will never have that type of faith. You know, when Timothy was around, he never had the full copy of God's word. He never was able to go and read the examples of Jesus. He, was, he could hear them from his grandma, but he didn't have them in his hands every single day. That's why Jesus said that there's one day going to come a generation that's going to love me because they never saw me. And their faith is going to be greater than the faith of the apostles because the apostles got to see me and touch me and be with me. But the faith of the ones that never see me are greater than those of my apostles. That's us. Because we've never seen Jesus, but we can read his word and we can trust in him. So my question this morning is, are we this type of faith? Are we a faith that people just say, what must I do to have the type of faith that you have? That's the question I have for us today. I'm going to pray for us. The musicians are going to come. If you want to come down and pray, you can. If you want to pray in your seat, you can. But I want you to think about this. Think about the faith that we have and are we emulating that to the people that are around us? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this service, Lord. It's been a blessing just to worship you and to praise you. And I know I didn't say half of what I had planned to say for sake of time, but God, I just pray that well, something I said would be an encouragement to someone. Lord, I pray that you'll help us today as we go and we spend time with our mother. But most importantly, Lord, when we go out into the world, are we showing that we are a Christian? Are we showing that we love you more than anything else in the entire world? Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We pray that you'll be with this service. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.